Kirby would have an intro song. I guess we should discuss what we want our intro song to be. I mean, I'm happy with anything. Uh, anything. Anything. <laughs> Literally anything. Yeah, Campbell's Soup Jingle. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> another funny song. Well, it either have to be, I think we have to make it ourselves because I don't want to have to worry about copyright infringement. Oh, we're definitely making it ourselves. Okay, well. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way. I was going to steal the Campbell's Soup Jingle. Oh, oh, you see. No, okay, I understand. Obviously. I understand. Obviously. Ooh, we should get a theremin. <laughs> should I go to that straight guy I almost hooked up with once? I don't <laughs> It was like, all of this happened at like three in the afternoon. I was like, I had a box of wine. It's five p.m. I'm the last. I have to go home. And dude was like, Do you want to come down and play with my theremin? <laughs> and I was like, Yeah! Oh my god! I like, do. <laughs> you dick! You like, should have led with that. I, honestly, uh, you should have led with the theremin. Anyway, just imagine. I could have been so happy. Oh my god! I know you really fucked up. Mm. What's the? What's another spooky instrument? Uh, a water phone? I literally don't know what that is. It's an instrument that they use for, like, spooky sounds in horror movies. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can watch that videos on the, uh, of them on YouTube. We should try to get all the spooky instruments uh-huh. into, like, one, into one room and just see what happens. Like the lawnmower. <laughs> dun, dun! <laughs> Like, you put a bunch of monkeys with a bunch of typewriters, they'll write Shakespeare, you put a bunch of fucking theremins and water horns in a room, and they'll just, Are they just gonna make do a theme themselves? song. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You open a window. You gotta look. <laughs> <laughs> the breeze. This is the dumbest. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's talk Ladies about Ladies and gentlemen, King. and those of you who have yet to make up your minds, <laughs> welcome to Stephen Queen's. Uh, that's Megan. Hi, I'm Megan. There she is, Woo. sitting over there in her hat. Yeah, I look pretty good. Who do I look like? She looks like uh, Brian Cox in Succession Perfect. when he's incognito with his shades on and his uh, and his black baseball cap <laughs> and his billions of dollars. <laughs> that's that's my aesthetic. One time my friend asked me if Megan came for money. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> she truly does yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't come for less money if I tried, honestly. I was... I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was very nice. It was very kind. I was proud of her on her behalf. <laughs> Thank you. I'm still proud it's of that finally story. finally there. <laughs> um, and I'm here with Penny Martini, a.k.a. Spencer. Yeah, I'm making her call me by, um, by my real name. <laughs> call me by my real name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Spencer. That's Megan. Here we are. Steve yeah. Queens. Yeah, um, today we're going to be talking about the girl who loved Tom Gordon. Is this high up in the, like, Stephen King, like, book? Popular hierarchy? Yeah. That's a good question. I, the first time I ever heard of it, a girl in high school told me about it. And okay. she said it was her favorite. Was um, it me? It was not you. Okay, it, was, <laughs> it could it have been me. Ditto, <laughs> cool. Um, I think back then I really put off his novellas and stuff. I just oh, yeah. so much. I was like, I gotta read the big stuff first before I get into, like, this, that one's not spooky. It's just about some girl in the woods. Mm. But I think it's one of the ones that's considered sort of, um, like, no one dislikes it. It's considered a good book, but since it's not, like, a big old fucking Stephen King yeah. master magnum opus thing, um, it doesn't really get the credit that it deserves. Does that make sense? No, that totally makes sense, because it is, I... I don't know how I read this book. I think I was, I went through, oh, we've talked about this a little bit. I was on like a pretty big Stephen King kick, but this wasn't one that my mom owned. I'm pretty sure I took this out from the public library. Okay. Um, because I remember, I have a very vivid memory of reading it at my grandparents' house. Because mm-hmm. the first time I read it, I read it in like an afternoon. And oh, I guess. Oh yeah, it's an easy read. It, yeah, it's not, it's 300 pages. Like this is, I re the reread. 
I started last night and I finished five minutes before we started recording this. Like, it's a pretty quick book to digest. Yeah, no, I don't know. I I think I just found it and was like, at that point in my life where I was like, all Stephen King books are good. The ones I I've read are... Kind of, I mean, uh, save for a few. Save for a few, save for a few. Uh, well, we'll talk more about the book in a minute. We'll talk about that in a second. I feel like we've got other things on the docket and then we can kind of get back Yeah, let's this. get you guys warmed up. This is episode two, by the way. Holy shit. So, yeah. I know, isn't that exciting? Oh, I guess it's episode two, assuming we release episode one. Maybe we should hold off on episode one. And then like release it and then redo it so wait wait this is episode one but we're calling it episode two this is episode two but if you hear it first we've got a surprise for you down the line you just wait buddy (laughs) that's our promise we don't know what's coming you might like it you might not um well we've been talking about ways to uh sort of formulate around this and create sort of a, a schedule for ourselves so that we um so that we uh, sound like we know what we're talking about a little bit more than we do. Uh, and so we thought we would open up with some upcoming Stephen King news every week. Oh, yeah, that's a great... We should have a, a title for this part. Yeah. Just come up with a title. Put it in the comments. Oh, yeah, great idea. <laughs> Stephen King things. No, better than that. Better than that. Come like, up with something King better. Things, King things. King things. The with a Z. Ooh, shit. Okay. I hate it. I hate it too. I don't even think you like it. <laughs> really, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to give this something to work with here. The jumping off point. Ah, they can figure it out. That's yeah, right. I got it. All right. Uh, the only upcoming Stephen King news that I have, uh, he's got two books coming up. Uh, actually, he has one that just came out two weeks ago uh, called Later. It's uh, Hard Case Crime. So it's, oh. I guess it's more like a detective story. I saw a meme about it, because I follow some Stephen King subreddits. I hope you do. Obviously I do, I don't know who you think I am. And the, uh, oh, people were like, oh, fucking, um, uh, constant readers when Stephen King releases a detective book, and they're just like, what? I don't want it. And I was like, they're... Still good, like, I don't know, it doesn't need, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon has some light supernatural elements. Yes. But it's not, like, a creepy, spooky Stephen King book. It's about a girl who gets lost in the woods, and it's great. Yes. And there, the Shawshank Redemption doesn't have anything, like, wacky happen in it. That's a great story. Uh, and even his other hard, uh, hard case crime, the, oh, what is the one... Joyland? I haven't read that one. You lent it to me and I never, like, I was the meme in that moment. And I was like, I don't want to read this. But, like, eventually we're gonna have to read it. And I'm gonna have to form an opinion on a hard case. Hard Hard case crimes? Hard case. Is that a term? I think it's like a a subsidiary of Penguin or something. Oh, Maybe not Penguin, um, but something like that. I'll look it up. Okay. Check back next week. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, even Joyland has like some, again, like some light supernatural touches. Mm. But like at the end of the day, it is just kind of a good detective story. I don't know. I don't think you need to rag on the man for writing outside of his genre when he's so genreless to begin with. That's fair. Well, I mean, he was fucking Richard Bachman for like what like five and heard, books I've and heard rumors that he writes um like romance novels under women's names are you serious and yeah my mom told me that years ago and she's not a Stephen King fan so don't quote me oh my god if this that, is the if same that fucking was... it's like when somebody told me Robin Williams lived in Sarnia yeah. and I was like <laughs> wow it's not true yeah I'm definitely not gonna fact check that yeah, yeah. but I'm gonna tell everybody exactly <laughs> oh my god I mean we should figure that out and if that is the case we need 
drink some saucy Stephen King romance. Listen, I mean, once we hit uh, a certain threshold, we're gonna have to start scraping at the barrel, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stephen, if you're listening, if you could hurry up on some Harlequin romances. Harlequin romances? Ooh. Uh, Lazy comedy. I know. Try harder. What's Um, the other book that's coming out? Billy Summers, which I don't know too much about. Uh, As far as I've seen, uh, just the title and the cover has been released, but I think it's coming out later this summer. Um, I'm excited for it. Billy Summer. Billy Summers is a man. (laughs) Billy Summers is a man. He's a man with his California jacket and his rock and roll tan. (laughs) (laughs) Go listen to Fight Like Apes, everybody. Man. Yeah, that should be our theme song. Theme (laughs) song. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh. All right, so we're here because we're Stephen King fans. Yeah. Uh, if you couldn't pick up on it uh, from my admission of following several Stephen King subreddits. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> and a couple of Stephen King meme accounts on Instagram. <laughs> and Stephen King on Twitter. Oh my god. Yeah, he's, he's good on Twitter. He only says weird dumb shit sometimes. Oh uh, well, that's good. That's good. I don't follow him on Twitter. He's pretty good. All right, I'll, I'm I'm new to Twitter. It's not like so. following Cher. Oh my god, I hear that that's just, oh man. You've heard you don't follow Cher? I don't follow, I'm, I barely use Twitter. Actually, I'm getting better at Twitter. I need to, you're not following all the right people. I need to diversify. I can't only consume TikToks. This is starting to like warp me. So I need to like break away. Get on Twitter. Get on Cher's Twitter. Okay. Uh, it's wild. Stephen King's Twitter. He's got lots of opinions about local politics. Oh, uh, and also, like, macro politics. Oh! He's a, he's a very worldly man. I don't know if you've heard. I'm not surprised to hear that. That, that makes me that makes me feel good. <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess let's jump into this book, then. Yeah! If that's it for... I mean, we're gonna do Stephen King news every week. Yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. We're, we're just gonna be talking about Billy Summers for the next six months. If that's that's honestly... Then we have to read Billy Summers when it comes out that like, oh, I hate reading his new ones when they come out. I know, I know, Ugh. I know. Why is that? They haven't matured enough. <laughs> we'll just just cut this part out. No one needs to know that we want to read Billy Summers. I think we should come by it, honestly. Oh, I mean, God. Where's the lie? We'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. Stephen Queens Stephen Queens The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. The summary of this book is that it is about a girl who gets lost in the woods. That's pretty much, like, the long and the short of it. Elevator pitch. Little girl goes for a hike with her mom and brother. Her name is Trisha. It's short for Patricia. You're mad about that. I am mad about it. I'm fuming. I hate that. What, did you rather she be Patty? No, I'd rather her name be goddamn Patricia. That's her name. Why would you give her a name just to give her, like, a sassy little girl nickname? Like... I don't know. I call you Meg. Yeah, but I don't like that either. (laughs) 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 You really wrote yourself into a corner on that one. That's what I was saying. She also has a, oh my god, let me, wait until we get into her fucking little friend, whose name is... Pepsi Robichaux. Pepsi. I'm sorry, the name that I wrote down right here because it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Short for Penelope. Wait, I've never, I've never heard. Pepsi? Pepsi is a short I love it, don't get me wrong. I'm just not a Pepsi man. Oh my god, you know my first dog was named Pepsi? Hmm. Yeah, that's just, that's a fun fact. I, yeah, I literally have in my notes... Stephen King loves a nickname, then hyphen Pepsi. <laughs> so I really, we both really we wanted both to talk about. We both reactions to it when we read it. <laughs> I don't remember it at all from the first time I read it. 
Like, with Pepsi, I'm fucking this. Yeah, I know. And the way that they just so casually don't mention her real name until, like, 75 pages in. And you're like, wait, 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 what? This is... Wh- what? Okay. I know we're sidebarring this is so, here, Yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna say this right now. Stephen King's nicknames, mm-hmm. which I think I would like to talk about more often... Maybe a weekly event. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't know if they're nicknames or if they're just some like weird main name, like Royal. Or... <laughs> oh my god, that's the thing. It's like even last week with fucking Roberta Bobby Anderson. It's like just why do you hate people's full names so much? Like what is your ish with this? Like I don't even know. I've never noticed it before. But the next book we read, I swear to God, if he gives a little like short form situation to some kind of godforsaken name that no one ever uses, like Always I will like point a tall it out. Boy. Always a tall Always boy. Always a tall boy. So, I mean, we're two for two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, go on, go on, tell people. Anyways, anyways, anyways. So, Trisha, what's the last name? I know the mom's... McFarland. McFarland. Yes. Oh, no that's, that's to funny. To my knowledge, although he is from New England. Oh. Well, her dad's last name is McFarland, but her mom's <sighs> name is Anderson. That's right, Because yeah. I wrote that down. Do you think she's related to Bobby Anderson? Well, Anderson, Bobby Anderson is A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. And theirs is A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N. And I wrote that down because I was like, what is this? <laughs> I, just, I think it might just be nothing. I think it might just be I don't know. But I, I've never paid that much attention to like the Stephen King universe. Mm-hmm. The SKU, if I may. The skew. The skew. The skew. <laughs> yeah. I actually love that. <laughs> Where does that fit into the skew? Yeah. <laughs> But I'm, like, now, like, really, like, starting to, like, make little notes and connections. Because, again, I haven't reread most of these in years. Mm-hmm. And I've never, like, read them this thoroughly. Yeah. They, at one point in the book, they talk about Castle Rock. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's a Stephen Kingism, right? Like, yeah. Like, even in the Tommyknockers, there's that, um, that It reference. Oh, yeah, when yeah, the yeah, kids yeah. are driving back from, um... From Derry, one of them thinks he hallucinates a, a clown with balloons coming out of the sewer, which is just Pennywise. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. There's so many. I, well, you, and in Tom and Doctor's as well, we talked about it last week. Uh, last week with the kid from um, the Talisman. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And there's all these connections, but then there's so many contradictions. You're like, okay, well, if this happened in. Tom, the Tommy Dockers, why are we hearing about it in fucking uh, a different, another Castle Rock book? Or the situation in Under the Dome, why aren't we hearing about that? And like, is it a yeah. multiverse? Is it, I guess that's what you have to ex- accept, but... We're gonna map this out. We're gonna be like that meme of Charlie with like yep, all right. the red, the what are they called? Red string? Red string conspiracy. <laughs> the red string diaries. <laughs> um. Damn it. <laughs> okay, well, this is off the fucking rails Listen, already. I don't, we, we're trying to make this more streamlined for you, we, but we can't. It's very difficult. There's a lot to talk if about. If you're here, I, have... I assume you've either already read this book or don't give a shit that we bullshit through at least three quarters of this podcast. <laughs> so anyway. I've really only said her name at this point. So yeah, Trisha, Trisha McFarlane, McFarlane, not Anderson. Uh, is out for a hike with her mom and her older brother, Pete. The mom and the brother are having a big argument. Mom and dad just got divorced recently. 
all the emotions that come with that. They've moved. They moved from Boston to Maine. Are they in Maine now? Uh, I think they might be in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. I should have wrote that down. I did write down Pete's nickname. Um, so Pete, basically, long story short, is angry because his parents are separated and he's had to move and he's at a new school and he has no friends because he's a nerd. And all the kids at school call him Pete Compu World. Which is, yeah. what, how is that even... Like, how would that come up naturally? Exactly. Like, he likes computers. That's his thing. They've mentioned it a few times. This is not really a book about anybody except for Trisha, but, like, there is nuggets of information. I, I guess the thing is, I just don't think that, like, children in... Early, I guess, he's, what, 14? 13, 14? He's 14. I don't think... 14-year-olds are smart enough to come up with a, a nickname like Compu World. I think they would just call him a fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, his last name is McFarland, so why is it? Where's he with the connection there? There isn't one. Why is that the name? Again, <laughs> you come up with all these nicknames, Stephen King, fucking Pepsi, but Pete Compu World is the best that you can get from a child in 1999. Like, I think it's 98. Oh, fuck. Are you serious? Yeah. It's wow. Was Compu World even a thing? <laughs> Is Compu World even a thing now? It sounds familiar. <laughs> if not, then I don't know what those kids are talking about. <laughs> like, how is that an insult? Anyway, this kid... The fucking Compu World yeah. over here. What are you going to do? Compute? Like, burn, man. I know. I know. Although in 1998, that would have made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> Insults haven't uh, evolved like they have now. Very fair. And if I was 14, like, just looking at me sideways would probably make me cry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or at the very least, make me get into a fight with my mom on a walking trail. Like, Which that brings is... us back to the story. Yeah, well, exactly. So, Trisha is like, fuck this noise. I'm gonna go pee in the woods. I don't really have to pee, but I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> This little nine-year-old girl is like, I cannot with these two. And goes into the woods and gets lost. It's written really well. Yeah. I would even say, like, in relation to the Pepsi Penelope reveal, like, this book is from the perspective of Trisha. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit omniscient in that occasionally you get information like, oh, she's wandering further into the woods and doesn't know it. Oh, I want to um, talk about that in yeah, a second. Yeah, well, because that is, ooh, God, the chills. <laughs> but it, for the most part, like, your narrator is Trisha. Mm-hmm. And so when she says things like Pepsi, and you go, what the fuck? And then it's not revealed for, like, 40 more pages. You're like, okay, well, I'm in this girl's mind in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, she always thinks of her friend as Pepsi, and then just now she thought of her as Penelope. Like, um, it's, it's so when she crosses the threshold of becoming lost like she steps off the path and oh it's still fine and like oh you know i'm a little turned around but mm-hmm. i'll just go this way and it's written with such innocence isn't really the right word it's just i don't know it's like the confidence of youth you're just like yeah there's no way i would get myself into this situation like i'm too smart like and that's the thing like trisha is smart well that's how she gets through what she gets through like That little girl in this book, like, I know it's not real, but my God, reading it, I was, I would have died. I would die if I was lost in the woods. That is what I might take away from this whole book is I would have stepped off the trail. And essentially the, the whole thing is she was trying to walk north to meet up with her family. She ends up walking west. She falls down a ravine she just ends up even more and more lost she's walking to fucking montreal like she's on a journey yeah that part that you're talking about spencer that really like struck me because at one point 
you live in Trisha's world for a little a while, and as she's lost and getting just devoured by bugs, which is which is just, oh my god, this, the anxiety of being lost in the woods. Like I, I've been in situations where I'm like, oh, you really got yourself into it this time. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you gonna get into this one? And it, and I feel that for her lost in the woods, and that's not even considering the fact that the bugs are just constantly eating her alive. And it's such a running theme the whole time. Oh god. Sorry, go on. No, well, and there is that moment where the story pulls away for a Mm -hmm. second. Yeah. And makes note of the fact that, okay, she's lost. She's walking west. She shouldn't be. This is what her family is sort of up to. Like, they've now realized that she's missing. And. Which they didn't realize for, like, an embarrassing. Oh, my God. I. Reading that, I was like, if I was her mom, I would skin myself. Yeah. Like, that is yeah. just, I cannot totally imagine. Totally yourself. Like, I, you it, fucked up so bad. Oh, my God. And when they mentioned that her dad's flying in, I would yeah. just, like, I, I don't even, I don't even know. But it's interesting because they don't cut back to the outside of the woods portion of the story again for another, like, hundred pages. It's really interesting to me that it can keep... I think before I read this book, I thought it was going to be hard to keep my attention because it's like a single character who's mm-hmm. just sort of experiencing these things. And you're right, like, it's very rare that we get a glimpse outside. We get that omniscient view of what's mm-hmm. happening and, like, the objective um, sort of situation that Trish is in. But you, I just blaze through. It's like every page, every step she takes, I'm like, what's going to happen next? Like, well, it's, 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 what it's, else could happen to this kid? Like, Well, it's so crazy. I can, Honestly, yeah, it, they do a really good job of just you're so built into this journey and it does just it is this is just a book about anxiety like it's like like it is just the anxiety of being in a situation you have no control you have no control you're completely lost it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and a certain point they uh introduce this night stalking character i don't even i, I hesitate to bring night it up so early well because you don't know what it is at this point it's well just it's like, just a shadow in the woods well, it's a fir- i guess is how it's kind of described initially right yeah if anything else it's just a, a bad feeling i did notice the first uh there is a part that where she mentions um, a shadow in the woods offhand and mm. it's sort of like she's mentioning it as though like wouldn't it be scary if oh that's fun but I, it, it just tweaked the first time for me because it comes up so many times. And I've read Stephen King's On Writing where he talks about um, uh, how themes and, like, symbolism mm-hmm. sort of find their way into his writing. So it's not like he sets out, like, oh, the shadowy figure is going to be the thing. It's like, yeah. oh, she imagined a shadowy figure. So as he's writing, he's like, well, let's bring the shadowy figure back. Let's find out what that's all about. And it becomes the symbol and becomes the theme sort of as the book progresses. That's interesting. That does make a lot of sense because I... Also, very much, like, the villain of this book is that shadowy figure. But it's also, it's Trisha herself. Like, it is her, the bad thoughts that you get in your head is really the main fucking villain of this story. Because that's constantly telling her. It's being like, hey, there's a thing in the woods. Hey, this is bad. You're in a bad situation. Like, you're constant. she's constantly fighting with this inner dialogue that she has, which is so... This book just makes you feel anxious when you're reading it. And it, there are parts that are really beautiful and really calming. Like, there's that part... There's a part in the the middle where she's laying. It's the middle of the night, and she looks up, and there's this beautiful meteor shower. And you're like, fuck, you know, if I were in the woods right now... And I saw this meteor shower. 
I would feel so good about myself. But then she wakes up the next day and she's covered in bugs and mud and her shoes are wet. And oh my God, when they talk about her wet, wet shoes and her wet pants, I'm like, oh my God, this would just be the most uncomfortable, yeah. horrible thing. It just makes you want to like take a shower while you're reading it. It's disgusting. And the bug bites that'll come up and come like oh, in the, the right. Oh, the ones on the eyelids for me. Oh my God. Well, I think like the first ones that she got. Oh my God. Is that God. a thing? Do bugs go for your eyelids first? I didn't know. I don't know. I don't. Do they want your sweet juices? Your eye juice? Oh, God. It would definitely be that bad. I. Salty. Yeah, God. There's a part in the middle where she's walking through a bog. I remember the bog. Oh, my God. The bog is disgusting. And her shoe gets stuck. Mm-hmm. And then she takes the shoe out of the bog water and tries to wipe it down with, um, like, the paper from her lunch sack like that is just such a visceral it's so real because everyone's done that everyone's got their shoes stuck in mud just in some dumb situation where you're like ah shit well that sucks this girl it's life or death yeah now she could step on a nail like (laughs) that she's fucked you know i always say and i'm like was Stephen King ever lost in the woods like so much so like no but honestly it's like even in the tommy knockers it's like the woods itself is such a big character. I think it's just about, like, the rural nature of that part of New England. Mm-hmm. Or even just, I mean, a huge part of his writing is about isolationism and what mm-hmm. it does to people. Um, you could argue the Tommyknockers is like that. Uh, you could argue, I mean, this, that's what The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon is all about. Yeah. Um, tra- it's all about, I mean, I, actually, I was going to say this. It's sort of like they've t- they Stephen King has taken the concept of like a, a man versus nature story mm-hmm. where it's like you're following this girl who uh, is up against nature and that's it like can she survive against the elements mm-hmm. go for it and turned it into a story where it's it is that but it's also about her and herself like you were saying mm-hmm. like she is battling these weird visions or hallucinations she's seeing whether or not they're real they're real to her. And but towards the end of the book, mm-hmm. that's what it becomes more about. It's not so much like I'm trying to get out of this woods. It's like I'm just trying to not fucking die. Like yeah, or go batshit and say go mad. Yeah. Also, I completely forgot to mention that she loves Tom Gordon, and that is it's what the in book the is. title. <laughs> I don't know enough about who Tom Gordon is to give a shit. I, okay, <laughs> I, no, I was thinking about that, and I was, I, I want to do this, because at some point in the book, she mentions how handsome Tom Gordon is, and okay. I want to know what Tom Gordon, oh, is he a babe? Is he a smoke show? Should they put him on money? He literally, everything, picture Tom Gordon, picture him. Okay, I'm picturing, like, square jaw, uh, blonde hair, uh, Blue eyes. I'm just imagining, like, standard hot guy. Standard hot guy. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh! Tom Gordon is fucking hot as shit. Tom Gordon would get it. <laughs> Yo, he could get it. Yeah, the girl who loved Tom Gordon was right. Well, I, uh, I'm a little racist because I assumed he would be white. And he is not. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's really hot. He's throwing this ball in his game like, hey, hey girl. Tom Gordon could get it. Tom like, Gordon, oh my god. This podcast is about something else now. The girls who love Tom Gordon. The girls who love Tom Gordon. And That'll be the title of this episode. Oh my god. Tom Gordon. Yeah. Okay, I'll take this back. I know. I, well, I was like, I thought about this last night. I was like, I don't know what Tom Gordon looks like. We're going to look at him on this podcast. And we're going to see what he looks like. And honestly, I get it. I was... 
It's also, do you think he knew about this book? That's a good question. Yeah. Like, we should look that up. We should look that up. Like, I just, I'm just curious. I'm like, would he? We must know of it. I mean, it's named after him. I mean, they must have had, well, technically it's named after the girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, it's, it's really hard to find out. I don't think he's ever made comment on it. Let's get in touch with his publicist. Publicity agent. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what? Get a hold of his electronic press kit. <laughs> oh, he's fifty three now. Let's let's get to, let's get Tom on the pod. <laughs> Special guest Tom. Gordon. He's actually oh going to be God. here for every episode. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like he doesn't talk. He's just like our producer. Yeah, our yeah, producer yeah. He pops talking. in with like commentary once in a while. <laughs> Tom Gordon, if you're listening, we're interested. If you're listening, we're listening. Um, yeah, it seems as if he has never once made comment about the book about him, and it does not seem like he cares at all. I mean... Considering he's a character in the book... Well, a hallucinated version of him. I mean, still, if someone wrote a book called The Girl Who Loved Megan McLean, and I appeared as a hallucination, I would want to A, read it, <laughs> B... Be paid for it? Yeah, <laughs> that, that fucking too, and C, like... I want to know what this hallucination of me is doing. If I don't like that, like, take that off the shelf. Okay. I don't know. Maybe that's why the girl of Tom Gordon isn't a super famous uh, Stephen King book. What if we just cracked a code? <laughs> <gasps> oh, God, we're going to get shut down. Men in black. This is it. Uh, so, okay. I'm sorry, this is really going off the rails. We're uh, going to make this plot summary so fast. Yes. Yeah. We were so certain. All right. I mean, we did summarize the plot in one sentence. We just... She does get found, I guess that's she did, Yeah. Story. Well, okay, so here's the whole fucking thing about this book, and I was thinking that last night. Stephen King will kill a kid in a book. Oh, yeah. But there is With no way that he would make this whole book about this lovable little girl who dies at the end. There is a line at the beginning that on this, this was my second read, the world had teeth and it could bite you with them anytime it wanted. Trisha McFarland discovered this when she was nine years old. To me, that suggests that she survives to the end of the book. I didn't clock it the first time mm. I read it, but when I read it yesterday, I was like, oh, okay, that... That makes sense. That, that, this is a reliable narrator, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, this book isn't lying to me. And so in reading that line, you can assume, I think, that she will live in the end. It is something that she came to look back on. Mm -hmm. when she was after nine years old. Does that make sense? No, that completely makes sense. And during the whole book, there are moments where you're like, she could die. She could die all over the place. She could, she could die all over the place. <laughs> the number of times she almost runs off a cliff. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, she is uh, essentially being just chased through the woods by an unknown beast. Oh, the God of the Lost. I guess we should give it the name that she's given it. Yeah, I... But, okay, I don't know if you got to this part in your reread. Mm -hmm. A, some bizarre kind of religious undertones to the book, but not in a way where it's ever, like, fully fleshed out, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because she does make reference to the fact that Tom Gordon always points up before he throws his, like, last pitch. That's the only baseball-related thing I give a shit about in this book. Yeah. And then there's the creature that's chasing her, the god of the lost, and that's also, like, a religious thing. And then at one point she does talk, uh, she's a flashback to talking to her <laughs> drunk dad, which, oh my god, 
this fucking book has one flashback scene in the whole thing, and the entire point of the flashback scene is to introduce a drunk dad character. Is he also a writer? He's not- they don't say. So we can assume. We can assume he's a writer. I was like, wow, fucking Steven. You couldn't- you could not make it through one one book. (laughs) One book without- Not even a long book. (laughs) It's one book that takes place entirely in the woods. We have to pull away from for one second so you can tell us that Trish's dad is a drunk. What the fuck is your problem, man? <laughs> he was the drunk dad. Yeah, I know. If I, anybody can talk about it, he can talk about well, it. Well, um, and then he mentioned that that scene, uh, Trisha asks her dad what his religious beliefs are. He says that he believes in, I'm going to get the name of it. Hold on. Okay, so, and her dad believes in this concept. And I'm going to show it. S-U-B-A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Audible. It's in. It's oh, the sub audible. The sub audible. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, things that you can't quite hear, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's essentially so. Trisha asks the dad and is like, "What do you believe in? Like, what are your religious beliefs?" In this like flashback scene where he's drunk and he's like, "I believe in the sub audible," and she's like, "I don't really understand what that means." And he's like, "Oh, basically, he's like saying I believe in, I guess, fate, more or less. It's it's it feels like energies." Yeah, he just kind of believes in the universe. Yeah, there's stuff out there that we don't understand, man. It's like just be, just beyond the grasp of our uh, understanding. Yeah, so that comes up. And again, that's the one of the only scenes that takes place outside of the woods is this flashback scene to Trisha and her dad talking about the sub-audible. And then it comes up again. It comes up again a couple times. She'll mention it offhand. It is her talking about, you know, there's Tom Gordon's God... She's not God, but Tom Gordon's God, the subaudible, and then there's the God of the Lost. And those are the three different figures. And then at one point in the middle of the book, she has a hallucination and there are three men in robes and they appear to her in this clearing. The two are in white robes and then the one in the middle is in a black robe. And the first one to come up is Tom Gordon's God and he looks like her science teacher. And he takes off his hood and he's basically like, I can't help you out of this situation. Uh, I've got other shit to do, basically. Like, there's an earthquake in Japan. Like, it's not happening. And he puts his hood back on, whatever. And then the other white-hooded guy takes his hood off. And he's like, I'm the sub-audible god. And he has the face of her dad. And he's drunk. And he's just kind of like, I can't really do anything for you, sweets. Like, you just gotta fucking... Uh, get, get out of the woods. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then... He puts his hood back up, and then the third guy in the black robe is clearly the god of the lost, and he speaks to her, and he's like, basically, you're mine now. And he takes off his hood, and he's just a skull with flies all over it, and it's cool. It's cool as fuck! I was like, oh my god, this is dope, this is dope as hell. I completely forgot about that, like, entire scene. Yeah, Yeah, it's cool as fuck. Um, And again, it really brings up this, like, religious undertone to the book. But I don't know if, maybe I'm just not smart enough to make the connection to how it all sort of fits together. I uh, I hear you. I kind of feel the same way, to be honest. Because it's like, I think if we're looking at it, like, thematically, mm-hmm. um, the s- God of Lost was kind of a necessary character because she needed yeah. to have some kind of antagonist in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, the sub-audible being what her father believes in makes sense because for me that is sort of, 
I don't know. I don't think it's a religious book. I think that the fact that Tom Gordon points to the heavens mm-hmm. as, a, you know, sign to God whenever he, score, what is it, scores a home run or whatever? When he's about to throw his, like, oh, after he throws his last pitch or something like that. Sure. Whatever, yeah. Um, he, I, I think that's where the theme comes from, and then the subaudible and the God of the Lost pulls from that. Does that make sense? Like, I yes. don't think it's an actual religious... Thing. If it is religion, it's not like a proto-Christian religion. It's mm-hmm. more pagan than that, um, druidic almost. If you look at like the figures in the in the capes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I mean I don't. At the same time, it's like is any of this real? What? Is it all in her head? Like yeah. there's equal arguments both ways. You can't you can't say that it's no. You can't say that it's real because this story is from her perspective. And they say numerous times that she's going mad and in the obviously woods. Obviously she's going mad in the woods. Like, who the fuck wouldn't? As stated, we'd both be dead 12 hours in. Like It's crazy. At one point in the book, they just skip ahead, like, four days. And that yeah. is just... She's been in the woods for so long, Stephen King can't even write about how in the woods she is yeah. anymore. Because she is so in the goddamn woods. Yeah. Megan, bring us home. What happens in the end? Uh, so, very end of the book, she is... She... she been lost and she finds a clearing and in the clearing there is a post yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good and throughout this book she's been hallucinating tom gordon there next to her uh chatting with her guiding her a little bit but not really so much correct me if i'm wrong but it's when he appears to her as tom gordon oh i guess it was her science teacher who appeared to her as the the, the heavenly spirit. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so when Tom Gordon appears to her, it's not as, like, an agent of God. No, he's just Tom Gordon. Yeah. Because at the beginning of the book, she's talking to him, and essentially, eventually, she begins to hallucinate. Mm-hmm. And he does lead her in that scene. Like, there is a portion where she finds the first post, and he's talking to her, and he's basically like, Trisha, like, don't, don't fuck this up. This like, means people. This means people, exactly. And she is there and she's standing there and she's like, I don't really, I don't see, this is a post, it's a gate, I don't really understand. And he's gone at that point and she looks around and she's scanning the woods and she looks into like the far distance and um, Tom Gordon appears again and is like, hey, like you, you see that, you see what you're seeing, like that is like go. And he's guiding her as she's finding this post and the next post and eventually she finds a road not a road, like a paved road, but a road in the woods. There's tire tracks. She's like, oh my God, people. Like I have found my way home. So she's walking down this road and this entire time, the God of the woods has been stalking her. Having more and more like tangible as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like at first it was just an idea. And then um, there's a scene midway through where she is wading through a bog and she finds a hill, like a hilly landmass in the bog, and there's edible plants on it. She mentions the kind of plant, but I don't oh, is care. Is it the checkerberries? It's not the checkerberries, okay. but she does find checkerberries again later on. This is some oh, bullshit fucking yeah. thing. I don't know. She goes up to eat the leaves, but there's blood on the leaves, and she's like, what the fuck is this? And then there's a deer head. Just a severed deer head. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is too much for me. No, thank you. And <laughs> as I would do. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm paraphrasing. Um, But anyway, so it's very clear that the God of the Lost is the person who severed the deer's head and threw its body asunder. 
It's making itself more and more known to her. On her walk out of the woods, she finds a truck bed and she sleeps in it. And she wakes up the next morning and there's like a circle drawn around the truck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, she's like, as if like the God of the lost was claiming her as his. And he's just, as this is going on, he's making himself more and more apparent to her. She has this Walkman that she's been carrying with her the whole time. And she's been listening to sports. Again, I blazed over that part because I truly did not care. And her Walkman has died and she's standing on that road. She's heard a car at this point. She's like, I am on my way. I'm getting out of the fucking woods. Hell yeah. She's walking towards the fork in the road that we as the reader, it's been explained to us that, you know, if she just turns around this corner, like she's going to be on a major highway. Like she is going to be found. She's going to be saved. She's sick. She's all fucked up at this point. And as she's walking along that road, what looks like a bear, like steps out into her path. But it's not a bear. It's the god of the woods. Lost. Lost. Yeah. God of the <laughs> lost. Yeah. Um, and they have a little showdown. Yeah. But at this point, too, uh, she is such an unreliable narrator that you're like, it really could just be a bear. Yeah. Um, and that's how they kind of explain it away at the end. Because she has her little Walkman, and the bear comes out. Bear slash god enters the scene. <laughs> <laughs> and its face changes to her, doesn't it? She sees it as different things. Yeah, it's different. It's like, it's just moving. Like, it doesn't have eye sockets. Yeah, I think it's, it's one like, of those things where it's like, uh, again, like a human mind couldn't fathom it. Which I think is just like a Stephen Kingism for like, I didn't really know how to... Yeah. Know. <laughs> it's uh, indescribable. Yeah. Well, that whole like, God of the Lost thing, like at first it is so scary, but it, it's built up to one of those things where it's like, the second you see it, there's it cannot be as scary. Yeah. As the thing that's been stalking this girl through the woods the yeah. whole time. There's I mean, no the way. Horror, right? Well, yeah, the exactly. There's this whole bit about her throwing her Walkman at it, and that's essentially what bests it. It's her Tom it. Gordon moment. It is her Tom Gordon yeah. moment. But... It's a little bit hokey, but it's... <laughs> hey, you're I... so on her side at that point. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you fucked that bear up. <laughs> like, all I wanted at that point, I... Oh, my God. Yeah, we're, you, we're being flippant about it now because we're talking about it, but the first time I read this book, oh I my was god, like, yeah, you fucking badass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, no, I know. Well, that's the thing. You're like, oh my god, you are my queen. You yeah. are a legend. You have been in the woods for over a week at this point. It's nuts. I would have died. I would not be on this earth anymore. And I was so, I remember after reading that book being so fucking scared of the woods. Yeah. But anyway, let's wrap this up. So a uh, hunter, a hunter, yeah, exactly. He sees her, basically this little girl in this, like, bear having a standoff. He's like, oh my god, what the fuck? And she, the bear runs away. She throws the walkman at him, and it scares him off. Right? Yeah, he's scared off. The hunter's like, oh my god, I'm gonna scoop this baby, and I'm gonna take her to safety. Enter last scene, she's in a hospital, all is well. This is where I started crying. Yeah. Uh, when uh, she's in her hospital bed, her dad's come to see her. Aw, drunk uh, dad. Drunk dad. I think he might have been sober. No. <laughs> I mean, not... he fucked her mom like a couple days ago, so. <gasps> That's right, I forgot about that. Man, yeah. honestly, I was going to say this before, but there's no way this is going to help this relationship if they do fuck. Yeah, they do. Uh, I, like, honestly? I don't know. If I was that husband and my wife was like, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we were recently divorced and that that's not happy for anybody. Let's just put that on the sideline for a second. I lost our kid really yeah. bad 
And he's like, oh, where'd you lose room? And I was like, no, the woods. Oh, like, which woods? Like, the woods in town? Like, no. Uh, <laughs> you know the unclaimed wilderness yes. <laughs> over by New Hampshire? She's in there somewhere. <laughs> exactly. There's a chance she could end up in Montreal at the yeah, end of this. Yeah, yeah, like, What would you find? So you'd yeah. be like, you be- what? Yeah, well, I, I, I may be a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> You had custody for a reason, yeah, exactly. and this is what you do with it? Oh my god. My son is now known as Pete CompuWorld. Like, what are you doing yeah. to these kids? I'm calling Child Protective Services, but we're gonna fuck first. Oh my god. But, yo, at this point, they think she's dead, because, Kay, the fucking- this is such a- this is such a derailment of the story, but- halfway through the book and i get that they did this because if they kept looking for her they probably would have eventually found her there had to be a red herring there had to be red herring but when they report that some random guy reports that she was scooped and like kidnapped by a child molester what (laughs) like i don't know like that's just again like you know it kind of makes sense to me though because she just stepped off the path yeah do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the mom like they were so far ahead I th- it's like an hour or so, right? Before yeah. they notice she's gone. So like, so fucked. when she finally turned around and noticed, she doesn't know if it's been an hour or five minutes. Yeah. So like, it makes sense to me that you wouldn't think your kid just stepped off the path, off this major trail. Mm-hmm. Like, logic would dictate when somebody says, oh, she got scooped. Yeah. Like, well, no, I agree. I'm actually curious, um, because they name drop the guy who allegedly scooped allegedly scooped and i'm just gonna see if he makes an appearance in any other or if he's a real dude well i want to see if he's part of the skew <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get a map up map of the skew is gonna have to be four-dimensional i think oh my god <laughs> the fourth axis is time <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it turns out he is not part of the skew. He's just a random guy. Well, I Francis... guess he's part of the skew in the sense that he's in The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Yes. Everyone's part of the skew. It just, it's a matter of how... How they fit into How the you skew. fit into the skew. <laughs> I guarantee you he comes up in Wolves of the Cala. Oh my god. Or some fucking bullshit Dark Tower. <laughs> haven't That's, read. This whole fucking time, I was like, I bet this is a reference to the Dark Tower. You know, when I was reading this the first time when I was a kid and I think it was because I had just read Pet Cemetery, and there's also creepy woods in Pet Cemetery. I remember thinking that the god of the lost was the creature. The Wendigo sort of creature. Yeah. Oh And when I was a kid I was a hundred percent sure that that was like that was canon. Like that was what it was and in no point in the book does it really put those two connections together. But I had put those two connections together because I was just like, oh, I guess it's just, it's woods. Like, it's the skew. It's the skew, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I haven't read Pet Cemetery in a long time, so I don't know for sure. But it is, it's just like a big shadowy creature following around. You never quite get a good look at it, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's a, it's a fucking, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. It's a shadow in the woods. It's like <laughs> the original spooky thing. Yeah. It's not groundbreaking in any way. <laughs> But, I love your theory. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna, this is... Ooh. You know what Stephen King would say? What? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All 
anyway, this fucking girl wakes up in a hospital and she's not dead, and that's just great. And that's the girl who loved Top Boy. Oh, and boy, I did I cry. I'm gonna read the last paragraph, is that okay? You absolutely can. It made me cry so hard the first time I read it. She reached across her body with her right hand, never taking her eyes from her father, because he was the one who would know. If he understood, he would translate. Trisha tapped the visor of her cap, then pointed her right index finger up at the ceiling. The smile which lit his face from the eyes down was the sweetest, truest thing she had ever seen. If there was a path, it was there. Trisha closed her own eyes on his understanding and floated away into sleep. Game over. Aww. It's just, it would give me chills just now. Like, it's, 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 a, it's a great happy ending. It really is a great happy ending. It is, like, uh, you're honestly right. This is a good book. It's great. I mean, look, we're, we are, we said this last week, we're thinking critically. Like, we're exactly. going to tear it down in certain places just because... We've read so many Stephen yeah. King at this point um, that it's kind of hard not to. I will say this one really held up for me. Mm-hmm. As outside of being a Stephen King book, like just as a book, it's pretty good. Like yeah. overall, like I read this in a day. Like I, I read it before bed and I finished it this morning. The first like, time I read it, I did the same thing. And when I started this reread yesterday, I got like almost halfway through it just in one afternoon. I was at work reading yeah. it. Yeah. It's it's a great it's a book that I would recommend to somebody who is like not sure if they want to get into Stephen King because it's not a horror novel. I mean, it, there are okay. So I'm gonna this is something I'm gonna talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. But the concept of terror versus horror. Ooh. Uh, are you familiar? No. This is a thing I read a while ago. Um, and it, it was probably on a Stephen King meme account. Uh, <laughs> but the difference between horror and terror. Terror is the building knowledge and belief that something is coming, something mm. is going to get you. It hasn't happened yet, but it's the it's the anticipation of horror. And horror is what happens when um, when like the bubble breaks and you see the fucked up thing. Uh, so like the first time she sees the bear, that's yeah. sort of the first moment of like supernatural horror in The Girl Who Loved Tom Gore. Actually, I would argue that the ring around the truck is the first That one. was, that... Because I forgot about that, and it kind of throws my whole theory into my <laughs> head. Um, but maybe she fucking sleepwalked in a circle around the truck. Like, she's she's gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I recommend it to... Because there's so many Stephen King, Stephen King books that are, uh, like, bloody, gory, um, mm-hmm. uh, or, like, weird body horror, and it's all, it's all payoff. And this is one where the terror really takes the main stage like there isn't it's always anticipatory it's always climbing it's always you're not quite sure what's mm-hmm. coming but you know it's not gonna be good no fucking goddamn it you're right that's such a good way of putting that because and it's also it's such a tangible fear yeah it could happen to anybody i could get lost in the woods yeah like that could happen i remember after reading this being very scared of that you said that before and I fucking stand by it. I was really I scared. scared. I'm still woods. fucking scared of the woods. The woods are scary. Like, and this is just, again, and you mentioned this earlier. It's like, yeah, the God of the Lost is there to be an antagonist. The voice in Trisha's head is there to be the antagonist. But this, this is just a story about how the woods, like, we are not equipped to deal with that. Like, I'm not fucking equipped to deal with it. This little girl had more knowledge than I did. Like, she could be like, oh, I can recognize a berry to eat. I can recognize that this leaf is poisonous. I can recognize this, that, the next thing. That's not a lot of knowledge. That's more knowledge than I have. Mm -hmm. 
No, I'd be dead. I swear to you, I would not last. But then again, I would never step off a path to begin with. Oh my god, yeah. Well, stupid kid. <laughs> you read the girl who loved Tom Gordon. <laughs> I read the girl who loved Tom Gordon. <laughs> That's a lesson I don't have to learn. Trisha McFarland learned that lesson for me. It's so funny, too, that this book about being lost in the woods is also a book about baseball. I mean, it's a great running theme. Like, top, all of the chapter headings being, like, uh, top of the fourth or whatever, yeah. bottom of the ninth. Like, it's it's great. It, it gives you a real feeling that it's a concise piece. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This book is, like, the anti-Stephen King, Stephen King book. Like, it That's, is yeah. so compact, digestible. There is very few... Drunk dads. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. What's the third thing? <laughs> Blue shop gray work shirt? I don't know. It's- the woods are bad? The woods are bad. The woods are bad and there's drug dads everywhere. God damn. It's no. the skew. <laughs> there needs to be like a drunk dad axis in the skew. And yeah, just yeah. Like, I, cause we're, at the end of this, we should make, um, you know, those four part graphs. Where it's like, um, like one quadrant, two quadrant, there's a third quadrant and a fourth quadrant. Oh, And like yeah. the one in the middle will be like, like, the one along the bottom will be, like, drunkenness, and then, like... Sobriety. Yeah, d- yeah drunk, sober. Crazy sane. Crazy sane, and we should plot all the drunk all dads. The dads? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me a whiteboard. <laughs> Wait. <of> dads. <laughs> um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a dad. We could include, like, just drunk men, but... Like... I mean, what was it we said last week that was the, uh, the alcoholic writer? There's always alcohol. Not necessarily a dad. Often. Not... Always. <laughs> Guard wasn't a... He wasn't a dad. He was just an alcoholic poet. He could have it was a really kid, really a though. twist on the theme. Oh my god. I'm, if Guard had a kid somewhere, I wouldn't be surprised. He's a fucking... Okay. We're, not we're, we're not talking about Tommy Dockers. We're um, talking about the girl who left Tom Gordon. <laughs> you know thank what? Thank god it's, it is a better book. It is a much better book because that really, it does make you realize how bloated some of yeah. the other books were. Like last week we were trying to describe what the Tommy Knockers was about. It was... It was an ordeal. It's about... Well, it, all of his books are about so many things. Mm-hmm. Like, even Girl Love Tom Gordon, we said an hour and a half ago we were going to do a 15-minute recap, and it's so easy to just get lost in all of the different... Uh, all of the different trails. And, again, this is one of his simpler books. Yeah. You have essentially one character. Basically, that's it. You get a little glimpse of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Trisha is pretty much the be-all, end-all. Mm-hmm. And she's still able to hold your attention and, and, and digestible, like you said. I thought that was a great word. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Knockers is not a digestible book. Oh my god. It yeah. is not a digestible book. Like, people accuse Stephen King a lot of, like, overwriting mm-hmm. and, you know, extra, um, uh, being too descriptive and just, you know, long-winded, holding forth, I think, mm-hmm. is sort of the vibe. Uh, and there is none of that in The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. It, it doesn't suffer any for his, um, for lack of that. But he, it's still descriptive. It still makes me feel like that kid in a way that I don't know that any other Stephen King book has. 
Yeah. This is why I prefer his short stories in his novellas. Like, yeah. And we'll get more into that. Like, I think we should tackle some short story collections. I think we should, uh, I mean, listen, let's talk about this on the podcast. Okay, you know what? We've finished the plot. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a second. Okay, perfect. Stephen Queens. Stephen Queens. All right, so we're going to, we got, we, well, we'll finish her up here. We got a couple yeah. other things to talk about. Megan, what was your favorite part of the book? Oh, man. Okay. Um, my favorite part of the book is, I don't know why this is so hard. It, I really, I enjoyed it. 90% of it. Um, I think my favorite part is the first, like, night that she's lost. And it's kind of just sort of starting to sink it. She's just fallen down that hill. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. I'm vetoing that. My favorite part of the book is when she catches the fish in her poncho. She, like, goes into the water and she has that poor little, like, poncho that is just destroyed at this point because you kind of forget that she's a kid but then like you, yeah, she's she not graceful she's no not like, like it's just, she's a smart kid but she's still nine years old she's like, still fucking nine years old and she's got this little like ratty poncho and she cuts the hood off of it and goes into a lake like a stream and catches a fish and debones and eats the fish raw like that's fucking cool like do you think you'd be able to do that absolutely no okay do you really think that though? really if you were in that situation you got yourself into it there's no other way to eat like i you would try i would definitely try i think like i i i wouldn't not do it because i would be grossed out i would not succeed in doing it because i don't know that i would have the skill set but this also is kind of like a book of just like how far like are you willing to go to survive are you willing to go to survive and you know i would eat a raw fish i, I mean, eat look, fucking sushi. Four it's yeah. fucking sushi it's fucking sushi i mean it is like, <laughs> i don't think sushi fish come from bogs normally. <laughs> I, I think that they're a little bit more bland. i don't know the amount of money i spend on goddamn salmon <laughs> fucking salmon like i'll eat you should that be eating more bog fish <laughs> Much less good for you and also free. <laughs> That's my saving strategy. I'm just going to start eating bog fish. Sorry, I can't go to dinner tonight. Yeah. I've got, I'm on this bog fish lens. <laughs> it's terrible. My insides are slick. That's how it works. Oh, just, <laughs> yeah. just it slides right out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, she looks great. She's on fish bog. Bog fish. <laughs> bog fish. <laughs> Bog before 30. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to tell them about my favorite right. Is it the bog It thing? kind of is now. Um, so this, my, I didn't quite, I didn't get all the way through my rereads. So, fair, totally uh, fair. I might come back to this down the line with a new favorite part. Um, but for me, it is the whole sequence when she initially gets lost. And the reason mm. I like it so much is because it reminds me of my favorite part in, um, like, end-of-the-world horror movies. Ooh. When everything is sort of starting to go weird, and everyone's just kind of like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, Shaun of the Dead when he's walking around and everybody's a zombie and he doesn't notice. Oh, yeah. It's like Trisha walks into the woods and, like, anyone else, like, the layman, us as the objective observer, like, oh, you're fucking lost. She's like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, this is not a big deal. <laughs> um, or, uh, 
fucking I watched the day after tomorrow the other day. Oh. It's a listen, worth a rewatch. That movie slaps. <laughs> Did you watch it the day before yesterday? <sighs> Actually I'll tell you this, I tried to watch it uh three times in the last two weeks. What? And uh the first two times I got distracted by going to fuck some dude and didn't finish it, but then the third time I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> no, well, you keep that in there. You keep that in. Doesn't need to know. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, it's it's that whole. Um, I I love that. Uh, like the other foot hasn't landed. Feeling. Oh yet. yeah 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 yeah. Uh, everyone. I don't I don't know. There's I can't quite describe what it is that like triggers that emotion in me. That like um, oh I really. How is this going to fall apart for everybody? You want to see it kind of dissolve, and you know it's going to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for me, it was the part that really drew me into the story. And like, this whole book is that feeling that I I've talked about this before with you. But when you are watching a show and someone's doing something and you know yeah. it's going to go yeah. so horrible, that. why are you doing that? Exactly. Yeah. That's this whole book is just that feeling, and it's really just it's awful it's like when you watch a movie you've seen a million times oh my god and uh the character is gonna do something i can't think of an example of there i feel like there's one that i always think of but i can't think of it Mm. but they're about to do something stupid and you know they're gonna do it because they do it every time you've seen this movie you know it's coming Mm -hmm. you're like don't fucking do it that's what this this book is all that yeah and i don't know if i mean that's the anxiety of it it gets into the terror of it just like you feel terrorized as the reader because you can't do anything. Yeah, you're like, I just want to help this girl. And it does make smart use. Like, there is a part, I'd say, uh, two-thirds of the way through. Maybe maybe a little bit more than that. It's, like, pretty close to the end where she's followed now her second stream because she follows one stream that leads to a bog. She's like, God, fuck, damn bogs. Then she follows the stream again, leads to another bog, and she's like, I cannot, I cannot deal with another bog today. There's been, I'm bogged out, let me tell you. And they, Did you say she was bogged out? <laughs> bog before 30. Anyway. Bog you. <laughs> and they pull back. And at this point, they were like, and you know, if she just kept walking, she would have found a couple of cabins. you want to throw the book out the fucking I know, you're just like, ah, no! Like, you want to just go back and rewrite it and just be yeah. like, and then she was saved. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's what makes it a good book. It keeps you reading. The frustration, I mean, you have to feel those, that anxiety, that frustration for the ending to pay off. Mm. Like, if I hadn't been that stressed out reading this book, I wouldn't have wept at the end like I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it, I guess it's just good writing at the end of the day, but it's so, it's hard to stomach sometimes just because it's, it's like watching awkward comedy. That's why I can't watch The Office. It's, I was just going to say that's why I can't watch The Office. <laughs> <laughs> Yet I've seen all of the comebacks, so I don't know. Maybe I just don't like men. Nah, fair. I mean, I don't want, I don't even, don't even get me started on The Office. <laughs> I don't even, we don't even have enough time on this show. Oh God, yeah, we've been going on for a while. Yeah, you know the best part of that book? Yeah. Pepsi Roba showed. Listen, I was gonna say this last night, but I was like, don't say this, you gotta say it for the podcast. I wish it was Pepsi in these fucking woods. <laughs> Trisha's a pretty likable kid. She's precocious, she's smart, she survives this whole ordeal. You know who fucking wouldn't have? Pepsi Robichaud. <laughs> I don't know. Pep- Pepsi Robichaud is a spunky gal. Every time she comes up, she's doing some dumb bitch bullshit. <laughs> She really just sounds like fucking Trisha's, like, ratty best yeah, friend, who she, she's not going to have a relationship with after this because she sees through her. Th- that is very fair. 
We have all she's been no friends. It's <laughs> stop talking. She's no RC Coke. <laughs> she's it's Diet Coke Roma Show. Get her in the woods with me. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> DC Robichaud. Okay. Okay, I'm done with that bit. Fuck. Uh, uh, All right, let's talk yeah. about adaptations. Okay, is there an adaptation? I don't uh, know. There is not. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. You'd really think that I'd have something well, uh, to up on. Yeah. You're let's... gonna put your hat on and just leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're done. Uh, there were plans for, this is actually, this is pretty cool. Okay. In 2005. Okay. There were plans to, uh, do a film adaptation directed by George A. Romero. Oh, bitch. Uh, but then he died. Oh. Bitch. Bitch. Sad However, bitch. his estate has okay. held onto the rights oh. since then. And now his wife and some others uh, who are, like, involved in his production company mm-hmm. uh, are producing it. Oh, it was cool. announced uh, three or four months ago that Lynn Ramsey, who, uh, she's Glaswegian, which is cool. Is she Gordon Ramsey's kid? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she... No, she's not the Glasgow Ramsey's. <laughs> Sorry, my mistake. Uh, she directed um, We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh, cool. So definitely not Gordon Ramsey's daughter. Definitely not, to my knowledge. Um... Anyway, who knows with the world the way it is right now. Yeah. Yeah, if that's gonna come through. Uh, man, this it, would make a great movie. Yeah. Well, and we need to talk about Kevin is a good movie. I haven't seen you it. You haven't seen it? No. It's, um, it's, uh, it, I don't even want to tell you anything about it because it's messed up and it's oh. really, really well done. And it toes the line between horror and comedy in a way that movies that came out, I think it came out like 2014. Okay. hadn't quite gotten there yet. Do you know how, I know, you look at, like, your get-outs. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, even hereditary in moments, uh, it follows. Like, yeah. horror and comedy have sort of created this new genre. And mm-hmm. to me, this is sort of prototypical of that. Sorry, you were oh. telling me. Oh, no, honestly, I was just going to say I watched Parasite the other day. Oh, is, is it amazing? Is it as good as it It's so sense? good. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. What the fuck? So, you should watch I it. I know, I don't know why I haven't. I literally, I watched it the other night, and I was like, I... I don't understand why I didn't watch this sooner. <laughs> this is now a podcast about Parasite because, like, honestly, it's like the, it might be the best movie I've ever seen. It's what everybody says, and I know it's gonna be great. I just haven't sat down and put the time into it. I, I know I'm gonna love it. I know I'm gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I, I love Bong Joon Ho. I. It's it's it is. If we're talking about fucking things where you just are watching it go wrong but in slow motion it is that movie exactly do you think maybe it's an adaptation of the girl who loved tom gordon (laughs) (laughs) like that's the source material i honestly would not be surprised (laughs) just the same it's, it looks like dog tooth. it is like pretty similar to dog tooth. it's pretty similar to dog tooth, which is also an adaptation of the girl who loved tom gordon (laughs) <laughs> there was some fucking Law and Order episode, an SVU episode, that was like about a guy who kept his daughter in the cage for 24 years or something. I was like, Duncan? <laughs> you were beside the most Duncan? I feel like we need to stop talking about movies that we've watched. Listen, at the end of this podcast, and how we bring it home every week is talking about Yorgos Lanthimos films. Everybody go watch The Favorite. Oh man, yeah. Uh, do you want to know a little bit of. Since it's Oscars time, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we can talk about the Oscars a little bit. Oh, we can't talk about the Oscars. The, Are we done talking about the girl who loved Tom Gordon? I mean, I covered adaptations. <laughs> 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 
So the ad- if there are no adaptations to one of the Stephen King books we read, we're just going to talk about movies that we like. I mean, what else do you people want? That's, I mean, it's not bad. I, uh, if you don't want to read The Girl Loved on Board, you could also go watch Parasite or Dogtooth, and you could be equally happy, I think. Yeah, honestly, and it would probably take, like, not that much longer. No, honestly. This book is, like, a four-hour read, I I, I think you can read this in, like, four hours. I read it, I, I can read it as fast as I would read, like, a graphic novel that was, like, chunky. Yeah, I started last night at, like, 8 p.m., and then I stopped and went on TikTok because that's the only media that I consume these mm. days. And uh, I went to bed at like 10.30 and I was more than halfway through. Then I finished it this morning, like it's I said. Such an While movie. I ate breakfast, like it was fine. Well, especially if you've already read it, you kind of know the cadence of it. You know where it's going. You're really just trying to get the, yeah. the major plot points down. Uh, who's nominated for the Oscars this year? Oh, um, I am just curious. No, that's okay. Uh, Chloe Zhao is nominated for Best Director. There's oh, actually cute. two women nominated for Best Director. Oh my God. Ever Whoa. Uh, I think... Oh, I might be wrong. Uh, but it looks like Chloe Zhao is the favorite to win for Nomadland. Oh. Uh, it's the new Frances McDormand movie. She won Best Picture oh. and Best Picture at the Golden Globes. Whoa. Um, I also love Frances McDormand. I know, right? If, I mean, listen, this movie looks incredible. It's about um, a woman who basically, like, loses everything in the 2009 recession and just goes on the road. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know anything more about it. Mizuha says it's really good. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, so, well, we, everybody should check it out. But Chloe Zhao, uh, she'll be the young. I think she is the youngest woman ever nominated for oh Best Director. Oh my god, wow, holy shit. Emerald Fennell is also nominated for Best Director for Promising Young Woman. Oh, okay. Uh, it, that's, and that's her directorial debut, I believe. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen any of the movies that are nominated this year. Neither have I. I saw one last year called First Cow. Oh my god, you've been talking about First it Cow. Was really good! <laughs> and I saw that a couple of, like, Oscar babies gonna get nominated, and I was like, oh, First Cow! Oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> the, little, the little film they could! And it got nothing. Oh, no. I, I'm sorry. Alia Shawkat didn't even get a nod for her, uh, for her two-minute performance in the beginning. She's only in the opening scene. She finds... It's a whole thing. Okay, I mean, Everybody yeah. watch First Cow. It's on fucking grave. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of recommendations from us this, this time around. Okay. I mean, listen, listen. I, we have good taste, as you can tell. What should be the next Stephen King book that we do? We were talking about doing a short story. Yeah. And I think we should, since we have to pull the... Okay. No, no, no. You go. No, no, no. You go. Sorry. I... I just jumped. I, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Um, I think we should do, uh, if we're going to do short stories, we should do them individually. Yes, I agree. Yeah. What were you going to say? I think we should do the one with the leg. <laughs> That's a novella. <laughs> and also the one with the Langoliers is just called the Langoliers. <laughs> the one with the leg. It's like saying the one I... with the friends. <laughs> I just, I we have to save that one because it's so special. <laughs> Listen, I can yell at the Legolaires. I can do a two-part episode on the Legolaires. I can do an episode on fucking the book. I can do an episode on the made-for-TV film. We're not there We're yet. We're gonna have a Legolaires month. Oh, I would. Oh, we'll get best stars. I think the Legolaires are doing press tours right now. What? Yeah. Fuck? Yeah. It's hard to book them, but they're around. That's only funny people know what the Legolaires are. I mean, for listening It's not even funny. For listening to a Stephen King podcast. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? You dumb little Langoliers. Hey, Langoliers! Oh, God. Okay, what do you... Do you want to know which one is coming to me? What one? You can veto this. Okay. The finger. Alright, we can do the finger. Do you want to do the yeah, finger? We'll do the I finger. just recently read oh, it. Oh, man. I, I love it. I, I don't think I've ever read it. Oh, <gasps> You can borrow my copy. 
I'm, please, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Maybe, I don't, no, I, I think I have read it. I just need to, like... It's one of those ones that's, it's just, it's one of my favorite Stephen King stories, because it's just like, wouldn't that be weird if that happened? Man, those are my favorites. Yeah. His short stories are so fucking good, man. Let's not uh, Yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, anyway, Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. So, rating this book on a scale of Pepsi to Diet Coke. Where does where does it lie? How many digits? Are, it's like an RC cola. Yeah. How many times is the RC cola joke everybody? <laughs> caught, it's diet caught. Honestly, I put it pretty close to diet coke. I give it like a coke zero. Oh my god, that's like pretty good. Zero. Damn. I mean, that's um, I'd give it like, I'd give it a root beer, in which I thought you were gonna say Pepsi Max. No. <laughs> in that it's unconventional, not what you would have expected. But you know what? I like it. Is it A&W specifically or Barks? Ah, uh, A&W specific. That seems right. I think Trisha would prefer that. <laughs> She's a purist, that She's one. I don't know. She likes what she likes. I don't know. <laughs> she likes Tom Gordon. She likes A&W root beer. It's canon. Like a week in the woods. She can do whatever she wants. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Well, next week we'll have Tom Gordon on the pod. Yeah, and, uh... okay. He's going to talk a little about the finger with us. It's going to be great. <laughs> Okay. Uh, thanks for joining us. We love you guys. We love you. Have a good day, I guess. <laughs> Have a good day. All right, bye. We need to sign off. That's we need to sign off. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>